0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Hello, this is Call Talk for Wednesday, December 9th. Our topic today is dashboards. What are best practices? During the call, we'd like we invite you to ask questions via email at calltalk@benchmarkportal.com, or call in to ask the host your questions, and interact with the show. The number to call in is 347-857-3117. Everyone who asks a question, email or phone, on the show will receive a free copy of Bruce's book, Benchmarking at Its Best, and one person will be chosen at random to win an in-depth reality check benchmarking report valued at fifteen hundred dollars. And now I'd like to introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore.
0: Well, thank you very much, Sean, and welcome everyone back to Call Talk. Uh, our listeners chose today's topic during the last Call Talk, which is uh, dashboards. What are best practices? And we have an exciting half hour ahead. And, uh, you know, dashboards are so key to us in our everyday lives. When we drive, uh, can't get across town if you, if you can't see how your car is doing. Dr. John Anton always likes to refer to a pilot's dashboard because uh, he was a, a pilot. And, uh, you know, it, it, when you're in the plane, oftentimes you're running by the instruments. You don't actually have to see everything around you as long as the instruments are right. And, and the same thing is true of us as managers with dashboards in, in call centers. I guess you could say that uh, in our talk about dashboards, it's the closest that uh, Call Talk has gotten to uh, another program, Car Talk. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we could chat about that some more with our guest who has some thoughts on this as well. Uh, but what are the metrics and what are the reasons for having dashboards? Uh, if you've been in or worked in, a contact center that wears its metrics on its sleeve, I like to say. You know, in addition to calls and queue up on the reader board, uh, some of these centers will have overall or team metrics displayed uh, showing things like average talk time, calls per agent per hour, quality scores, uh, all of those sorts of things. And it allows supervisors, uh, managers, and agents to track their own metrics uh, to see if they're meeting goals and, and – and and if they're likely to get a good bonus at the end of the pay period. Um, Sean, you know, there's, there's the story of Meg Whitman, which is kind of legend. Uh, this is the ex-CEO of eBay, who is now running for governor of California. And uh, the story is that she had customer satisfaction scores from the contact center on her computer dashboard and checked them regularly. If uh, things went out of whack, she picked up the phone and she got answers. Um, imagine doing that with California's budget deficit <laughs> now. I mean, I think you have a dashboard with a uh, gas gauge that's uh, perpetually on empty. But uh, anyway, to, to help us sort of through some of the do's and don'ts of dashboards, I, I'm really delighted to introduce um, my guest today, Brad Odom. Uh, Brad's dad was the founder of Simon Systems. He really grew up in this business. Uh, he, he mentioned to me that when he was a little kid, he'd coloring on the floor of his uh, father's office on weekends while his dad worked. And uh, then he, he worked uh, part-time in high school and in college, and uh, he really started at the help desk and worked his way up. So he has lived and breathed this stuff. And he's also seen the ebbs and flows of philosophy on whether dashboards should be the center of the universe for call centers or simply one of the parameters to be watched. Uh, he now works with Primus Group. But he's here today as an industry expert to give us some insights on
2: Dashboard, uh,
0: not really representing any vendor or product, as our tradition here on Call Talk. So, Brad, welcome to the program.
2: Thanks a lot, Bruce, uh, and uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, thanks to the listeners for choosing this topic. And uh, I, I'm, I'm honored to be here. And, um, you know, there's uh, a lot of uh, people out there that have their opinions and how things should be done uh, with dashboards and and you see the ebb and flow uh, of dashboards over time and how they're how they 're being used and I think that 's kind of the, the the core of what today should be about is, is how they 're used and how they're how' they're, they can really be effective because giving the agent the information that they need and they can use to do their job more effectively without Pushing down on them, but really the whole idea is lifting up the agent and getting more out of the agent um, and helping them helping them do their job better. Uh, whenever I was uh, a systems engineer, actually doing an installation, I was training one of the supervisors on how to uh, read the dashboards and show, showing them how to how to open it on on her desk on her desktop and all. And she asked me if that was live, if the the data was real, and and I said yes and she turned around and she was gone. And I didn't know what she was doing. She, she came back about two minutes later, just dumbfounded look on her face, and she, and she said they already knew. And it fundamentally just instantly, fundamentally changed the way they, they worked and, and they were able to communicate out to the team. Rather than whispering in the ear of each of the, each of the agents uh, and going around and telling them that they had calls in queue, they let them know and, and how they reacted um, you know, the most important thing is is, is know, having the agents know what to do, how to react to calls in queue, or an excessive number of agents available, um, or whatever other stat is an, is an actionable stat that you might have.
0: So, so really, Brad, two takeaways from what you have just said is one is that uh, a really good dashboard, when implemented, can represent a, a quantum leap in information, usable information for the call center, and the second is that uh, it really needs to go with training and coaching for the people who have access to it.
2: As, as any tool that you're going to use in your call center or any tool you're going to use in life, there's always going to be a little bit of training in, in how to use it. And it can always be abused and it can always be Left alone and not used. If you're not reacting to the information, or not just reacting to, but but using the information and consuming the information for your benefit, then it it, it can become a, a a less than desirable or or non beneficial tool. hmm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, just in terms of the uh, one minute survey that we did of our database, uh, what what came out of that was that 64.4 percent said that they do have some sort of a management dashboard with metrics on it for the management on the other hand for agents it's uh only down to about 40 percent 41 percent brad what would you have to say about that i
2: i was uh I, it was what i what i feel is is pretty standard in the in the industry and across the industry but it's definitely not uh the what i would like to see the agents are the ones who can actually affect the change. And by giving them the information and empowering them to make change, uh, it, it, it's going to be the best benefit for, for the company. Just as, you know, just as kind of I was telling about my story, by giving the information to the agents, you're allowing them to make the decisions that you're trying to affect by looking at the information yourself. If, if, you're in, if your agents are your workers that are doing the job, that are making those numbers change, letting them have the information and affect the change themselves will just short-circuits just short that process. It doesn't have to go through the management to the agent. The, manage, the management should train the agent and should coach the agent how to react to the information, but they, they shouldn't have to be the distributor or the, or the disseminator of that information.
0: Hmm. So a takeaway from you on this would be that uh, there's a big chunk of our, our database that needs to push down some of this information to the agent level, where they can actually use it and um, have it modify their behavior and modify their performance, would that be correct?
2: Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, you know, 100% about agent empowerment and, and giving the agents the information that they need to to be more productive. And you know, there's there's a whole host of ways to get that information out to them that it it just gets more more reasonable to do um, every day, and the benefit you know, the cost-benefit of those solutions are just, uh, you know, very, uh, very good.
0: Yep, yep. Well, Well, can can we put any uh, parameters around that, though? I mean, uh, can you have situations where uh, agents are obsessing about their metrics to the point where they're not doing their jobs as well? Have you ever found that to be true, or is is as much information as possible all the better?
2: I think that – I think that whenever your your goals are too tight, then you have the possibility of creating alarms and alerts that are too tight onto the agent, and so then they'll start to obsess on them. Um, or if the you know the, the risk of failure is so high, then or you know where the punishment of failure is high, then that creates stress rather than benefits. And, um, and, and that really just goes back into you know, managing the goal, what, you know, making sure that, A, the, the, the statistics are aligned with what the objective is and that you're not, you know, you're, you're not forgetting that every call really needs to be handled with quality and taking care of the customer.
0: Gotcha. Okay. No, good, good point. Good point. Uh, Sean, I think we've got a question in from one of our listeners. Uh, could you give that to us, please?
1: Yeah, the first question <clears throat> comes from Mike, uh, and Mike asks, you know, what are dashboard best practices?
2: Well, I I would um, say you can actually, you know, I mentioned you can actually go out and and, and Google real time dashboards, and I have my my opinions, but there's about a, there's a eight, eight step uh, best practices that encompass all of mine and a couple of others, but just the idea one that you get a summary status by looking at the dashboard you know the information. There's not 20 different pieces of metrics or 20 different things that you're actually um, trying to look at. But that information re- reflects the structure of your business, So if, if, and it's aligned with your business goals. So are you actually <clears throat> asking the, the agent to respond to information that meets their objectives? And keeping it simple, keep the, keep the data easy to see, you know, quick diagnosis, Granular view on an actionable piece of data. So the the, the actual uh, piece of information they're reading. If they do something, they can see that change. That's why calls and queue is, is a common one. They see that there's calls in queue. They pick up the phone. The calls and queues go down. Um, you know, so so that's kind of a you know keep it keep it keep it simpler simple actionable and granular. And then making sure the goals are, are, as I mentioned, the goals are goals that are uh, attainable, and that the alerting is balanced so that it's, it, whenever an alert goes off, it really is something that needs uh, needs attention and needs action, and point everything to some specific action, something that can be, you know, again that can be actionable and 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 worked by the agent.
0: Yeah, those are great points. I mean, I think that uh, those best practices are, are are so important. We always say, you know, you have to go back to what are the business goals? What's the uh, What even is the mission statement of the call center? And make sure that everything you do ties back to that, including the design and functioning of, of the dashboard. Uh, the situation, Brad, that uh, we, we dealt with with a client uh, this year, very interesting situation, uh, ramp-up situation uh, from zero to zero. Uh, Uh, many hundreds of agents. And um, there were a lot of new agents as a result. Uh, They were trained, but then they needed to be cross-trained so that they could be more helpful on other queues. Uh, They had to improve quality, but also get quantity up. I mean, basically the the perennial problem. And uh, there was also a pay issue because the amount that was being paid to them wasn't exactly comparable to others in the area, and yet uh, they seem to be locked into that for senior management purposes. But we ended up designing a formula that was very much uh, based on uh, the dashboard that we created for them. And um, a lot of it was at the agent level, but it's easy to see how, visualize how it would roll up. And there were three legs on the stool, okay, that uh, would basically help out. One leg had to do with the metrics of a- attendance and adherence. So making sure that uh, people uh, had the high attendance and the adherence levels that were needed to make sure that the wheel stayed on the cart and, uh, you know, management wasn't pulling its hair out <laughs> wondering where its resources were. Uh, second, it had to do with quality. And here they went straight to the customers. So they had uh, customer satisfaction measurement that was uh, uh, near real time, and they were able to, uh, you know, make sure that the agent knew how they were doing with the customers. And the the next part of the quality was the monitoring uh, piece, because even if you're delighting the customer, you may be telling them things that are totally against uh, policy or that are incorrect. So, you know, you do have to have the monitoring, so their their monitoring scores had to be good. And uh, finally, the quantities, uh, which had to do with calls per agent per hour. And that's really where the financial side kicked in, which is an interesting part of all this. If you design your, your, uh, your uh, dashboard properly, you can actually have a major financial impact on the center. And for those of you out there who are wondering, gosh, I'd love to have this, but how am I going to sell it to my senior managers? Uh, this is the key, really. So w- what happened there was that uh, on a, uh, a monthly basis, uh, the attendance, adherence, quality, it was all put together, and if you passed the uh, first leg and the second leg on the stool, the attendance and adherence and the quality scores, then you uh, were able to actually get higher pay based on your quantity. So you had to meet the goals on the first two, and then the, the second was kind of the variable that allowed you, that you were empowered to actually make more money for yourself, and, and, therefore, uh, to up your pay by a realistic 10 to 15%, which was, uh, you know, substantial in this case. So the, the other things that the, the call center did uh, was to survey the agents to see how they felt about things. And, and they actually, uh, one of the things that came out was people loved the fact that they were being empowered. Uh, most, you know, there's some people who don't like the extra pressure, but uh, they may not be the ones you want to keep anyway. And the other is uh, that the supervisors were trained to train and coach the agents to do better on these three legs on the stool, uh, and therefore, they became seen not as people who were punitively trying to grade down the agents, but rather help them to do better so that they could actually make more money. It, it changed the whole dynamic. The whole dynamic of the place has changed. And, uh it really worked very, very well. Brad, do you have any any thoughts on that?
2: Well, it was kind of interesting that you mentioned ad- adherence and 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 how that can affect the contact center as well as other things that may, we we usually think of, you know, the, the the customers calling and random call arrival. But what other things in your contact center affect your ability to effectively answer your your calls that are coming in? Maybe there's a technology change in the IVR or that it. It, you know, for, for, uh, it has a, a disruption in, ser- in service, or some piece of technology has a disruption in service. Knowing that can can greatly impact or change the way you react to an abundance of, of calls coming into the center, or the fact that you know a group of, of agents, as you mentioned, a group of agents don't adhere to the schedule, or they're not in their uh, seats answering the calls when they're supposed to be. Just knowing that you have. 10 agents, especially in a small center, 10 agents are out of adherence or five agents are out of adherence, that can greatly affect the way you react to taking care of the problem of having an an abundance of calls that are starting to stack up in the queue.
0: Mm, mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, uh, Sean, I think you have another question from from our uh, listeners?
1: Yes, this question comes from Aaron. Aaron asks, uh, how do you know what information to have on your dashboards?
2: Hmm.
1: Okay, Brad. What do you think about that one?
2: Well, you know, again, going back to the the goals that you're trying to achieve, and sometimes they change in what you want to have on your dashboard. Um, so uh, t- typically, you see, and and from the survey, I was just kind of going through the survey, the stats that that uh, from last week's survey that uh, people what people actually have. Kind of standard, your calls in queue, oldest call waiting, usually have average speed of answer or service level percentage. Sometimes people are looking at abandoned calls because they're measured o- upon that. Um, another interesting t- statistic to monitor is average time to abandon because if you're looking at average time to abandon and oldest call waiting, you can kind of start to tell whenever a call's you know getting close to that potential of of abandoning, and you can take action or do something about that. And then schedule adherence. Um, being able to see available agents versus calls in queue. Um, Maybe you have other activities that your agents could be doing whenever there's an abundance of agents available, and you give some of your premier or your top agents the ability to log out and do other activities to help meet other goals. Um, So those are kind of the main stats that you see on on dashboards. But really, as I mentioned, it goes back to what are your goals for, for the contact center, and what, what do you need to improve on? And that may be an area, you know, it may change. You may be looking at uh, your revenue results, you know, one week, but you may be looking at something else uh, another week, and you can, kind of, you can easily change those things out on the systems.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, great. You know, uh, one of the things in terms of the um, uh, survey that we did, and those of you who participated in this survey will be receiving the results uh, within 10 days, as always. Um, just make sure, by the way, to include your email address so that we can, in fact, get the information back to you. Um, but there's, there is there is you know, a heavy emphasis, as we can see here, on, on the management dashboard, anyway, with regard to abandon rate and the service level. Um, and, of course, we had a uh, call talk episode on service level slash ASA Know, the granddaddy of all metrics, and uh, it's interesting how it still is, uh, for many good reasons, one of the key things that people want to have on their dashboards and, and uh, keep track of. Um, well, one of the other things that came out of um, the survey – well, I'll get to that in a minute. Actually, Sean, you've got another another question here.
1: Yes. Yes. Um... Let's see. This question came from Clark, and Clark asks, "How real-time do dashboards need to be to be useful?"
0: Hmm, good one, good one, Clark. Okay. Uh, what, what do you think about that one, Brad?
2: Well, it, it all depends on the on the statistic and and what statistics you're actually wanting to monitor. Now, I, I would say that. Just having dashboards, and, and if you can't get to a, a, a real-time statistic, being able to deliver near real-time or um, reasonable time windows, uh, at least you're getting the information out there and delivering it out to, to the agents who can, can affect change. But if you could really get it real-time, and that's whenever you're starting to, to affect the, the, the stats that are happening in real-time, um, so it really just gets back to which statistic you're monitoring. If you're looking at you know, revenue goals or, or, or total calls for the day or uh, even average you know, uh, average speed of answer or service level percent, those things can be rounded you know, by 30-minute increments or hour increments. They don't have to be real, real time. But calls in queue, always call waiting, uh, those types of stats do have to be real time for them to be effective.
0: Mm, okay. And just uh, sort of a a preview of some of the things that we're thinking about here at Benchmark Portal, and that is uh, having um, reporting for dashboards that actually includes your benchmark statistics. And so if that's something that uh, any of you in the audience would be interested in knowing more about or participating in as we develop it, please let us know. But essentially, the idea would be uh, probably on a weekly basis to begin with, uh, you'd be able to see you, on your dashboard the metrics of your industry against your own metrics so you know how you're doing. Eventually we might be in a position where you know the morning after the holidays, when everybody's uh, calling your center, you can see how your uh, surge in volume <laughs> compares to the surge in volume of others in your industry. So you don't feel so bad. Anyway, there could be some really good uh, management Things that come out of that as well. Um, One of the things that I noticed, uh, Brad, is that with regard to the real-time question, over half of those who do have dashboards say that their uh, dashboards are real-time or near real-time, and that uh, small percentage are updated at least twice a day, and about uh, 35% are uh, updated daily or less frequently. Does that surprise you, given your experience?
2: Um, I think that most uh, uh, call centers that are actively using dashboards seem to have a near real-time uh, uh, system. So I, it wasn't completely surprising. I think uh, uh, seeing dashboards that are daily or less frequently um, is, is a, a little more surprising, but that tends to be the, the nature of what their dashboard is. So to to really extrapolate out, that's good or bad or different. It it it's not. It doesn't say enough to to say that that dashboard, what that dashboard actually represents. So it really depends on the data that that's behind it.
0: Right, right. Okay. Well, uh, let's take a look too at a couple of the um, items that came through from um, from the survey. Uh, if I. Because the last question was open-ended, and it more or less said, you know, what are are your major feelings or thoughts about dashboards? And some of the things that came out were, number one, it's an incredible tool. A lot of people really uh, appreciate it, probably the same way that that woman did in the case that you cited or the managers did in the case that I cited. Um, Number two, you know, they they underlined that what – Gets measured, gets tracked, and gets done. Uh, It's the whole accountability thing. Uh, Number three, somebody said, you know, a number of people said they can't do without them right now. So, in fact, uh, those managers who are listening who don't have one maybe should do a little examination of conscience and say, well, you know, what am I missing out on in terms of being able to properly manage my center if I don't have a really good dashboard? Um, Next was to keep it simple and, and clear. Too much information causes confusion, particularly at the agent level, and uh, so that really underlines a point, Brad, that you made. Um, uh, five manual processes that are tied into dashboards can cause problems. Uh, do you have any comment on that, Brad, from your experience, that uh, sometimes there's a, uh, a mixture of automatic and manual processes that are fed into the dashboard?
2: Um. It, the, only, the only time I've ever seen that be a, be a challenge is when the manual processes aren't regularly updated, and so they may fall behind. Um, so the, the more automated the process is, the more uh, consistent the data will be. And so if, the, if, if because, you know, we're all working in, in, the, in our call centers, and every day something happens. And so our lives change dramatically from moment to moment. And so expecting that, that specific information is collected and put in the exact same time every day, it, that, can, that can definitely uh, cause, a, cause an, a, a change in effect.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, there, there's another um, problem point. You know, it's not all uh, peaches and cream when you decide to do this. There could be some real work involved. And that is uh, bringing disparate databases together, uh, different sources, in order to uh, populate your agent or your management dashboard. Uh, what does your experience tell you about that brad?
2: well I, I I think that that's you know that's why there's companies that do this um, and and you know most of the companies that are still around doing it, um, even if they've been purchased by another company, uh, they are somewhere you know around twenty five thirty years of practice of getting call center data and marrying it with other. Either ODBC databases or other other data to create the the dashboards, and once you have the information into the system, it's a matter of just you know, getting it to deliver out where it needs to go. And and data collection is uh, uh, especially in the call center in the call center world is is continued to be a uh, a, a practice and growing and changing, but it's it's you know what a lot of people are really good at. So it's it's. It may take a little bit of assistance, but it's something that you know can be done. You can you can usually get the data out of just about any system.
0: Right. right. There is one comment that uh, struck me too. Uh, once or twice a year, I have to disable the system on the agent side during a crisis, so to reduce stress levels. <laughs> so, in other words, a couple times a year, things just get so bad, and it's better. That this manager disables the uh, agent site so that they uh, they don't all fall to pieces. Have you ever seen that happen
2: well that's yeah that's an interesting thing that's back with kind of talking about alarming even you know the being if uh, uh, calls and queue are just always going to be over a certain level, being able to adjust those levels or change it so that it's not um, so alarming or that just because the numbers are so high, it's at that time of season people don't react negatively to that uh, feeling of pressure or the feeling that they're never going to get through the day. Um, you know, really, uh, uh, it goes back into getting the agents to 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 understand the objectives of the goals, and not that it's you know, they're, it's not Big Brother, it's not you know, trying to be a, a whipping stick or anything like that. It's just trying to give them the information to help them be productive.
0: It's one of the tools. Okay, great. John, I think you have uh, what what could be a last question here for us.
1: Yes. Uh, John asks, should agents be able to see how other agents are performing on their dashboard?
2: That's been an interesting thing. I've I've seen people provide that and some people not provide that. what you may, if you if you want to build that that, I mean, c- competition is always good. nobody wants to be last. Not everybody wants to be first, but nobody really wants to be last. And, um, and so that's a, uh, it's a, it can be a, a positive motivator. It's always used in sales and and other avenues. So it, you know one, you have to think about the the type of people that you have in your contact center and how they're motivated. Um, And two, I would say don't give them a list of all of their other agents. I would say average the other agents and have them compared to an average of all of the agents so that it shows them versus everybody else but not versus, you know, Sally or Sue or Joe. And they're able to point at that person and, you know, and and it creates – it can create – hard feelings if, if somebody's always the first place person, unless that's just your environment and it's a sales environment and it's more of a competitive atmosphere. You just have to recognize you're going to create that competitive atmosphere if you give that information to them.
0: Yeah, no, I'd have to agree with you on that, Brad. I've been in places where it's simply part of the culture that everyone knows how everyone else is doing, and uh, it's accepted and it works in those situations. In other situations where you've introduced that, uh, that would be uh, a riot and rebellion. So it, it, uh, it does kind of depend on uh, where you are. If you want to move toward or away from that kind of thing, then you really have to plan it well because you're changing the fundamental culture of the place. So you have to do it very carefully. But, um, yeah, I think in many cases uh, what I've seen managers do is to uh, take the avenue that you're talking about, which is show the agent next to the average for their queue or their team whatever it happens to be, and uh, so that they can see uh, in a in bar chart fashion in many cases, uh, you know, how their quality or their customer satisfaction or whatever it happens to be looks like compared to the others. And in other cases, they'll have um, individual results posted on, say, a monthly basis, but it won't be daily type <laughs> of thing where they feel like they're going down the racetrack together. Okay, well, listen, uh, we're we're already at the uh, the bottom of the hour, and uh, it's been a great uh, session. What I'd like to do is to turn it back over to, to Sean. And uh, but before I do that, thank everyone for being with us, and especially thank Brad Autumn for bringing all of his uh, uh, great experience and
1: uh, and thoughts about this topic uh, for us. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for
2: having Brad. me on. Thanks, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
1: I agree. It was a great show. Brad, thanks uh, again for all your great insight. Thanks for all the uh, questions that came in from the participants. Um, Our winner today for the in-depth reality check uh, is Clark. Uh, Clark, please send an email to calltalk at benchmarkportal.com, and uh, we will send out an in-depth reality check to you. The topic for our next show, uh, which is going to be on January 6, 2010, uh, due to the Christmas holiday season, is reducing abandon rate where to start, and what to do. Uh, Thank you very much for uh, your time today, and have a very happy holiday season.